everyone. Welcome back to The Coop with Meyer Hatchery, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of educating crazy chicken keepers and inspiring future flock owners. I'm Kendra. And I'm Jeff. And today we're talking poultry types. Since we previously talked about beginning with poultry and the incubation process, we thought we'd take a step back and discuss the various poultry types you can commonly find on farms and homesteads. We'll also cover some of the breeds Meyer Hatchery offers as something to consider for your next edition. On my homestead, we've raised various dual-purpose chicken breeds, as well as layers and meat birds. We've also had Pekin ducks for a short time, and we currently have bourbon red turkeys and various colored guineas from pearl to slate and lavender. Jeff, what poultry types have you raised? Well, over the years, we've had all different kinds of chickens from Japanese bantams, the broilers. Uh, We've also had cold ducks, turkeys, guineas, geese, mandarins, phoenix, bobwhite quail even. So just a few. Just a few. And now it's time for your poultry pick of the week. Jeff, what did you pick this week? Guineas are our poultry pick of the week. Guineas can be a great addition to your flock for several reasons. They eat lots of insects, especially ticks, and are also excellent alarms helping to protect your flock from daytime predators. Choose from the pearl guineas, the most common color pattern, or opt for the assorted guineas, ranging in colors from coral blue, white, royal purple, and more. Guineas can lay 60 to 100 eggs per year, and their rich, flavorful meat is considered a delicacy. Consider adding this unique poultry type to your flock today. That's the thing about chicken math is that it starts with chickens, which do add up quickly, but then you begin dividing into other poultry types. So let's start with the most common poultry type, the gateway bird, chickens. They're really the most iconic poultry type when you think of a farm. However, Sometimes I feel like people think a chicken is just a chicken, but there are breeds specifically for eggs, meat, or dual-purpose needs. So what does that mean exactly? Well, dual-purpose breeds are good layers, but they can also be used as meat birds. Good examples are those breeds as Barred Plymouth Rocks or Orpington. Barred rocks lay 200 to 250 large brown eggs a year, are cold and heat hardy, docile in temperament with hens averaging 7.5 pounds and roosters 9.5 pounds. Orpingtons are a homestead favorite due to their docile nature as well. Now, there are a couple Orpington breed colors with buff being the most common, but we do carry the blue, black, lavender, and jubilee Orpington breeds. They lay on average 150 to 200 large brown eggs annually, are cold and heat hardy, known to even be affectionate in temperament, with hens averaging 8 pounds and roosters averaging 10 pounds. Your barred rocks can be processed at 16 to 20 weeks of age, with Orpingtons, though, typically processed at 20 to 24 weeks of age. That processing time frame is when they are fully mature, reaching their ideal weight. It's also when they typically begin laying. Some customers will raise them up and choose to keep half the flock and call the other half for meat. Others will allow the breeds to lay for a year because your first year is the best year of egg production. After that, they go down 35% a year across the board, every breed, in laying eggs. They'll still keep laying eggs, but they'll lay less every year. Then call them for meat as they reach their maximum egg production. A lot of customers reach out to us with concerns in raising dual-purpose breeds for meat because they're concerned it's going to be tough by the time they reach a year or older. 
So the general breakdown that you can take into consideration is 12 to 20 weeks is a bird you'll use for frying purposes. Five to 12 months, you'll do like a roaster, they call them, like slow roast in an oven. And then 12 months or more is generally considered a stewing bird. Now, dual purpose breeds are popular for homesteads and backyard flocks because they're sustainable. They're capable of naturally reproducing and hatching eggs. They typically forage well and are hardy, which means they can be used for eggs or meat when needed. Now, just because the breeds are considered dual purpose does not mean you have to call them for meat. You can certainly choose to raise the breeds for eggs only. Chicken breeds specifically for laying obviously have an excellent egg production. Typically, they're also lighter in weight, which results in lower feed consumption. Some examples of breeds specifically for laying would be the white leghorn and golden buff. Your golden buffs lay five plus large to extra large brown eggs a week, are cold and heat hardy, calm in temperament, with hens averaging four pounds and the roosters averaging about six pounds. Golden buffs are the only breed we carry that are known to lay extra large or jumbo eggs. White leghorns also lay five or more large white eggs weekly and known to be active and skittish in temperament with hens averaging four and a half pounds and roosters averaging six pounds. Both the golden buff and white leghorns are common breeds amongst commercial egg producers due to their production rates. But just a handful of these breeds can make a great homestead addition, ensuring you're fully stocked on eggs for your family. Chicken breeds specifically used for meat are known for their fast growing. The most popular breed is the commercially known Jumbo White Cornish Cross Broilers. Broilers are typically processed at six to nine weeks of age, leaving you with a processed weight of five to eight pounds. For Cornish game hens, you can process broilers at four weeks of age. The Cornish Cross are known for being in confinement thanks to commercial processing, but for homesteaders, they also do really well in chicken tractors, allowing them to be raised on fresh pasture. The other common meat breed is the Ranger. We offer Rainbow Rangers or Gray Rangers. These breeds can be processed at 9 to 11 weeks with a weight of 3 to 4 pounds or about 70% of their live body weight. Now, I've raised Rainbow Rangers, and I prefer them over the Cornish Cross because they're easy to raise with your layers. So I don't segment mine because visually you can tell the difference between the two. So I have actually purchased my chicks together and just raised them up in one brooder, and then I set them loose. They free range. And one of the benefits of the Rainbow Rangers, or just Rangers in general, is they do free range pretty well and forage for their own food. When I had rangers, I had them in my garage in a separate pen just to raise them up for meat. I didn't put them out on the pasture. I fed them commercial grain feed, just trying to get them up to weight and butcher, and they did well. Lastly, as a bonus category, we have breeds classified as ornamental. These breeds usually lay small eggs, but don't produce very many and are too small to be used for meat. Good examples would include the White Sultan or Polish. A lot of Bantam breeds also fall into this category. White Sultans lay an average of 60 small white eggs a year, are heat-hardy, known for their friendly temperament, with hens weighing 4 pounds and the roosters weighing 6. For Polish, we carry several breeds, including the Buff Laced, White Crested Black, White Crested Blue, the Golden Laced, and the Silver Laced. On average, they lay less than 150 small white eggs a year, are quiet, docile in temperament, with hens weighing 4.5 and the roosters weighing 6 pounds. 
These ornamental breeds typically do well in confinement as well, making them great for urban flock owners or for those competing in 4-H or FFA. They're also often kept as pets, like the silky breed, for example. Now let's consider the pros and cons of raising chickens. What cons are you talking about? (laughs) Okay, so really there are no cons to raising poultry, but a lot of our customers have expressed reasons they prefer to raise one poultry type over another. While these cons don't follow the bad connotation typically associated with the word, these may be some unfavorable qualities depending on where you live and the reasons you intend to raise poultry. First, the pros. As you can see, there's a wide variety of breeds to fit your needs. Whether you're raising chickens for competition, for your family's daily breakfast, for meat and eggs to sell to local restaurants, or anything in between, there's a chicken breed for you. Now, if you do plan to take your eggs or meat to market, chicken eggs are the most common consumed poultry type. In general, most chickens are good foragers, which can naturally reduce bugs in your yard and help control pests. Compost their manure or spread it in your garden as an excellent fertilizer, and they make great pets, great for kids. They are enjoyable to watch, care for, and you can teach your young ones lesson and responsibility that will last a lifetime. As for cons, or rather attributes you may want to be aware of, Chickens are prone to hawks, raccoons, foxes, and other various predators, meaning they do require protection, such as an enclosed coop and maybe even a rooster to help alert the ladies when free-ranging. Another con is some roosters can become aggressive. Lastly, chickens do scratch when foraging and will forage wherever the eating is good. This means you can often find them in your flower beds, garden, and other areas you may not want them. Unless they are contained or your plants are fenced off, it can make controlling them a bit hard. Some customers also don't like having their yard scratched up, which is why some people prefer ducks over chickens. Now, again, not necessarily bad things. I use my chickens to help control weeds by sprinkling their feed in areas I specifically want them to scratch up. And in the fall, we let them loose in our garden to help turn the soil and naturally fertilize it. For me and our family, we had chickens mainly for my kids to become responsible adults. We tried to use the chickens as a way to be responsible and that they had to go out there every day, feed the chickens before they ate. The chickens relied on them for their life. And it was a way for us to teach our children responsibilities and that they're not entitled and that there's others that they need to take care of them instead of just themselves. And we use chickens to do that, and I'd have to say it worked on my five kids. Again, these pros and cons all come down to your preference. We asked our followers on social what their favorite poultry type was and why, and here are a few of their responses in favor of chickens. From Facebook, Barbara said, Chickens, they are all different colors, and she will give you a colorful egg daily. Always a surprise. And on Instagram, DuckyLover6 said, Ooh, I have to say chickens. They're easy to raise and have so much variety. Closely followed by ducks, though. The next most popular breed we see is ducks. Now, ducks also fall into three categories of dual purpose, eggs, and meat, which also follow the same definitions as chickens, but we thought we'd give you an example of specific duck breeds to help with your future homestead additions. Now, again, dual-purpose breeds are good egg layers and can be used for meat. An example of this would be Pekins or Swedish. 
Pekins are a pretty common breed, and I would even dare to say the gateway into various other duck breeds. They can lay 140 to 220 eggs annually. They are known to be sociable in temperament, weighing on average from 7 to 13 and a half pounds. We do carry blue or black Swedish ducks. They lay an average of 120 to 180 eggs annually. They are calm in temperament, weighing an average of 5 to 6 and a half pounds. If you do plan to process your dual-purpose ducks for eating, raising them to eight weeks of age makes for a good frying duck. Eight weeks to 16 weeks is preferably a roaster, and six months or longer is considered a stewing breed. So as you can see, these two breeds are really on opposite ends of the dual-purpose spectrum. Pecans are a little higher in egg production and weight, but more talkative. And the Swedish breeds are a little lower on egg production and weight, but a calmer breed. Again, I can't stress this enough, there is no bad breed. It all depends on what fits your lifestyle and goals. Now, common meat breeds are the Jumbo Pecan and Muscovy. Jumbo Pekins look exactly like the standard Pekins, but the females are a little heavier in weight, averaging 9 pounds, giving you a range of 9 to 13 and a half pounds. Due to their heavier nature, they are calmer in temperament, but can still produce a good amount of eggs, meaning they can technically fall into the dual purpose category. However, as one of the heaviest duck breeds we carry, you'll most commonly find customers using them for meat. We offer the white Muscovy breed, which again could be considered a great dual-purpose breed for their egg production and mothering capabilities. However, they are frequently used for meat and are described as being less greasy than other duck breeds due to their low-fat content. They have a calm and friendly disposition, with hens averaging 8 pounds and the males averaging 15 pounds. If you're looking for duck breeds with excellent egg production, look no further than the white layer duck or the silver apple yard. The white layer duck is a classic white duck with orange bill and feet, laying an average of 200 to 290 white eggs annually. They are very hardy in all climates and can sometimes go broody, and overall, they have a very calm temperament. The silver apple yard could also be considered a dual-purpose breed, but they are noted for being one of the very best egg layers as a heavyweight duck, laying 220 to 265 white eggs annually. They quickly have become a homestead favorite for the beautiful plumage, hardiness, foraging ability, and calm personality. When it comes to ornamental breeds, we most commonly think of runners or the white-crested duck. The runners are available in blue, black, chocolate, or fawn and white coloring. They carry their body at an angle of 45 to 75 degrees above horizon, resembling a penguin. They have a long history of being herded and as an energetic breed will forage most of their day. Laying an average 100 to 180 eggs annually, weighing three and a half to four pounds, this breed is sure to turn heads on the homestead. The white-crested ducks make a unique pet with its fancy top knot of feathers. They lay 100 to 130 eggs annually, are very hardy, with a nervous personality weighing 6 to 7 pounds. When it comes to the pros of raising ducks, our cold climate customers rave about their hardiness. Ducks are less prone to frostbite and enjoy the snowy, damp conditions. Their eggs are great for baking and are also common at markets. Waterfowl feed is fairly common, and like previously mentioned, they won't scratch up the yard. 
For cons, yes, they do need a constant open water source to fully submerge their bill. So for colder climates, you need to make sure that the water source stays unfrozen, which can be a chore. Ducks are known to be a little messier, especially in correlation with having open water, and some breeds can be loud, upsetting close neighbors. Now, here are a few of our followers specifically in favor of ducks. From Instagram, Tim says, ducks, ducks, duck, ducks. The most rewarding aspects include their comical personalities and excellent laying capabilities. Also fun to hatch and easy to make a buck off of to help cover feed costs. The other extremely convenient thing is their hardiness, especially in cold climates such as Minnesota. Very nice to have to not to worry about various respiratory diseases and whatnot. User Fur on Feathers from Instagram said, Ducks, they are much better layers than chickens and they don't scratch up the entire lawn. I think they require more care than chickens, but they have a much better temperament. It's easier to add new ducks than new chickens to an already existing flock. On to one of my favorite poultry types, turkeys. Now, turkeys are mainly known for their meat production and fall into two breed categories, broad-breasted and heritage. Think of the broad-breasted breed as the Cornish cross of turkeys. They are used for commercial meat production and are known to be fast-growing. They have a calm temperament and are typically processed at 16 to 22 weeks of age, providing an 80 to 85% dress weight. As a reminder, the Cornish cross chickens and broad-breasted turkeys are specifically bred for meat production. They are not suited for a longer life beyond the recommended processing age and should not be kept as pets. Heritage turkeys can be raised for meat, but they are a more self-sustainable breed for the homestead. Heritage turkeys can reproduce naturally. They will lay eggs, they are better at foraging, and they are able to fly. If you are looking for eggs, the midget white heritage turkey is going to be your best bet. Heritage breeds typically lay 20 to 25 eggs naturally. There are several different breeds of heritage turkeys. If you raise them up to 26 to 28 weeks of age, they're considered a roaster. Over 18 months of age, they're normally used as a stewing bird or a ground turkey. As for pros, they're nice to look at on the homestead. A lot of people like to add them to their flock just for the aesthetics. They are surprisingly affectionate. As a curious bird, they like to follow you around. And they make for very active foragers. Now, you got to keep in mind that the heritage breeds can fly. So you may need to clip the wings if you're trying to contain them. Everyone has a little bit different experience with the heritage turkey breeds and the necessity to clip their wings. For instance, I have the bourbon red breed and they are free range. However, they do go into a coop at night. They have learned the routine to go in and out of the coop without any issues. And I haven't had any problems with them trying to fly across the road or into the neighbor's yard or anything like that. They have free range of our yard and have done fine. However, a coworker of ours, Amanda, who you may have seen over on Facebook, she also has the same exact breed. However, she keeps hers within in a specific run and her birds have flown and tried to roost high on their barn. So she has gone through and had to clip the female wings. The male or the tom turkey is a little bit heavier so she hasn't had any issues with him getting over the fence but she has clipped their wings to keep them contained and to help keep them from being prone to predators at night. Also keep in mind that the game bird feed is a little bit more expensive than chicken feed. 
And poults are a little more delicate to raise. You will have to keep an eye on them throughout their brooding stages to ensure they're eating and drinking on their own. When we asked our followers for their favorite breed, we had several that said turkeys. Laura from Facebook said, I've had just about everything, but this Royal Palm Tom is my all-time favorite. And she did include a photo with her comment, and I can attest he is pretty handsome. (laughs) Apex Edgars on Instagram. I really like turkeys. They are so sweet and curious. They just follow you like a puppy around the yard. Now, as I mentioned in my interview with Pascal from Brincy in episode four, in my opinion, geese on your homestead is a rising trend. Don't get me wrong, they've been around for a while, but their popularity is definitely increasing. Good dual-purpose goose breeds include the Toulouse and Pilgrim. We offer the standard Toulouse, French Toulouse, Tufted Toulouse, and Boff Toulouse, all known for being great as a dual-purpose breed. They are calm, all climate hardy, and will produce 25 to 30 white eggs annually. The Pilgrim breed has a very similar quality, known for being dual purpose and reducing weeds. They are docile, all climate hardy, and produce 20 to 25 white eggs annually. When breeds are so close in characteristics like this, it then comes down to aesthetics, where customers will decide based on bill and feet color and plumage color. When considering goose breeds for me, look no further than the large Dewlap Toulouse or Super African. As their names imply, they are heavier breeds. The large Dewlap Toulouse is a very calm breed, weighing 18 to 25 pounds, producing 15 to 25 white eggs annually. The Super African Goose is known as a meat breed, but also makes an excellent guard, meaning they can be a bit noisier. Super African geese weigh 16 to 20 pounds, and they produce 20 to 30 eggs annually. When raising geese, raising them to nine weeks of age produces a great bird for frying. 10 to 17 weeks in age is considered a roaster, and anything over six months would be considered a stewing bird. For egg laying, we recommend the Romans, white Emden, or white Chinese. We carry the classic Roman or the tufted Roman, which are calm in temperament, all climate hardy, and lay 20 to 30 white eggs annually. They are on the lower end of egg production. From there, the white Emden goose is known for being gentle, all climate hardy, and can lay 35 to 45 white eggs annually. And lastly, the white Chinese are docile, hot, and cold hardy, lay an average of 45 to 55 white eggs annually. As for ornamental breeds, Sebastopol geese are favored due to their elegant, soft-quilled curling feathers. Their intriguing feathers are certainly aesthetically pleasing to the eye, but aren't capable of insulating the goose as normal feathers would, thus making them a heat-hardy breed with a calm personality. Other special goose categories could be considered weeders or watchdogs. Breeds that make great weeders in the garden or throughout your yard include the white Chinese, tufted buff, or American buff. If you're looking for a watchdog to guard your flock from predators, take a look at the white or brown Chinese, tufted Roman, or super African. Some pros to raising geese on your homestead include them being excellent foragers. Not only do they help with weed control, but pest control. They do make excellent watchdogs, helping control predators, and if you have a pond on your property, they are very aesthetically pleasing. 
You have to keep in mind that they do need water, just like ducks do. Also keep in mind that the geese sometimes can be loud. Now with my son, his favorite poultry was a brown African goose. That thing followed him around everywhere. That was his pet. Not the dog, not the cat. It was the brown African. They were best buds, and they spent time together every day. Over on social, Lisa from Fresh Eggs Daily on Instagram said, geese, so low maintenance, smart and curious, less chance of predator loss. From Facebook, Lee says, I do so love my geese for the way they protect everyone, including me. I consider them my early warning system, but the way that they care for each other is amazing. And we saved the best for last. Not really. We're talking guineas. They can be raised for eggs and meat, but are often kept to reduce ticks, bugs, snakes, and mice. We offer the pearl guinea or an assortment, which includes a variety of colors. Some pros to raising guineas, they are low maintenance, they're excellent foragers, prized for their tick control, and they do make good watchdogs, again, alerting you and your flock if there's anything unfamiliar on your property. Now, the guineas can be loud. They do make a loud noise when there are strangers or in a car drives up the driveway, and they do roam. So unless you have them penned up, they will travel. With my guineas, I raised them with my turkeys, and the only reason I really did that is because I was running out of brooder space, and they both eat a really high-protein starter. So I combined them when brooding and raised them together, and that helped. I was deathly afraid when I opened that coop door when they were of age, they would fly out and never return, but they like to roam and hang out with the turkeys, so they wander wherever the turkeys do and then come back to the coop at night. Now, I have family that have raised guineas as well, and they had a very different experience. Theirs roosted high up in the trees. They had a big barn that was just open year-round that they came in and out of at their leisure, so they really did roam and fly wherever they felt like it. They were a little bit harder to So I feel like depending on how you raise them will really result in your experience as well. Now, when we took it to social and asked, we did have a few people in favor of guineas. Over on Facebook, CJ said, guineas, because they eat ticks and keep us entertained. These birds are hilarious with their antics. They make an amazing addition to your flock and helping to keep them safe from predators. They will let you know if someone or something is around that's not normally on your property. From Instagram, Mountain Snowcat. Guineas, they eat a bunch of ticks. They are a little strange looking. I think they look like well-dressed zombie chickens. And nobody will ever get on my property without me knowing. There were also a lot of great comments on social, just promoting all poultry in general. On Facebook, David said, chickens, they're easier to sell. Ducks have the best eggs. Geese, because they keep predators away. Turkeys, because of yum. Have all four in my flock at all times. From Facebook, Renee, I cannot just pick one. Chickens, turkeys, ducks, and someday guineas. And Heidi on Facebook said, I like all poultry. They're fun to just sit and watch. Regardless of your poultry type, Brensi's Chick Safe Automatic Coop Door Openers will help automate your coop routine and keep your flock safe. This door opener is weatherproof, made of UV-resistant material and battery-operated. To help those looking to simplify your routine, we've partnered with Brensi to offer you free shipping on all their products exclusively through the link below. Perfect for off-grid living or those just looking to simplify their chores, the Chick Safe Automatic Coop Door Openers should be your next homestead addition. 
We mentioned this in our Before You Begin A Year With Chickens episode. You really need to first ask yourself the question, why do I want to get fill in the blank? It sounds obvious, but it's an important question to ask, especially when you can easily be derailed by their cute fluff. Do you want eggs, meat, pest control, protection, entertainment? The list goes on. I'm going to use a common example we hear from customers. They'll say, I'm looking for a breed that is great with kids and lays a good amount of eggs. Now, in this example, I typically take their first statement, great with kids, and we'll review breeds based on their temperament. Here you'll look for keywords like docile, friendly, great with kids, calm, and that's how you know you're finding a family-friendly breed. Next, they're looking for lays a good amount of eggs. So here we're going to begin looking at production. Do they lay good, very good, poor, fair? By using some of those words, you can determine a breed that will best fit you. When you're looking at other characteristics, you'll see a whole list of items. Really focus on the things that pertain to your goals. Egg colors, egg size, production. If you're looking for great egg layers, these are some of the characteristics you're going to be most interested in. If you're looking for birds to process for meat, you're more going to be looking at what time they mature. Are they somewhat early? Are they later matures? And the bird size to see how heavy they are when they do reach that full maturity. If you're looking for breeds that are a little bit more self-sufficient, you could be looking at broodiness. Are they infrequently broody, frequently broody? This helps them in their mothering abilities so you don't have to purchase additional chicks later on. And lastly, if you're looking at hardiness and comb type, that can pertain to the climate you live in. So review these characteristics and prioritize what you feel is best for your poultry goals. You can find all this information in several places. One of the first places you can find it is in our catalog that we have sent to you, or you can call in to get one sent to you. And that is on page six and seven. And there is a slew of information there. You can also go online and look at this information online on our website in several places. And there's also a digital version of our catalog online. On our website, you can find that information for each individual breed, but what I like about the catalog is it is a breed comparison chart so you can see the breeds side by side. It will really help you when you're comparing two different breeds specifically to try to narrow it down, especially for you urban flock owners who may be limited by the size of your coop. Now again, that catalog is free, so don't hesitate to reach out and request one. We thank you for listening to The Coop. Be sure to subscribe. And if you'd be so kind, drop us a review. See you all next week.